Yo guys, what's up, what's up? So I made it, I promised I was gonna go ahead and make an episode for you guys, specifically in regards to entrepreneurship. And one of the things I'm excited for is I was just having a conversation with somebody, and one of the things they really didn't get was the, the opportunity that we have in the day and age that we live to make money, right? Here's what's really interesting about this. Money, 90% of money is your mindset. I can promise you that like poor is not what you have in your pocket. Poor is not um, the way that you individually, uh, the, 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 the money that you have or the resources you have access to because all those things can collapse, right? Like money technically is intangible. Money is, was, is what my father taught me is ideas. Like if you wanna make money, solve more fucking problems. Very simple. Who's got a problem that you can solve? You wanna be employed? Go solve more problems for more people, you'll make more money. You wanna 10 extra income? Go figure out and do your due diligence and do research on whose problem can you solve right now, right? I was talking to some kid as I was driving down the street getting ready to do my laundry. I'm actually sitting here recording this as I'm doing my laundry just because of, you know, I don't have that much time right now. But what's interesting is this kid was like, he was telling me he was going to college. And I'm like, well, why are you going to college? And he was like, oh, I'm going to become a civil engineer. I said, okay, great. Is that helping you to where you want to be 10 to 15 years from now? He said, no. I said, then why the fuck are you going to college? It's just stupid. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, nothing about what you are doing has a direct correlation to the thing that you want to do. And the only reason I can even say this is because it's personal experience. Like I knew when I, you know, first starting out, I wanted to be a professional dating coach. I knew in order for that to happen, I had to have sales experience. I had to get over the fear of people. So I said, okay, cool. I have to get a job. My mother's on my ass. She's not letting me game as much as I would like to, but I want to game and get fucking good at it. Cause at the end of the day, it was my end goal and my end desire, what I wanted. So I got a job in sales. I would walk door to door for 16 hours a day fucking selling. And when I wasn't selling, I was studying selling. I was studying all the psychological principles to get good at selling. You fast forward 14 years and I can fucking sell fish. I can sell fish to water. Why? I spent years perfecting a fucking craft. It's very simple. Whatever you want to do, be good at it. Don't be half pregnant about shit. If you want something, dedicate your life to it. Master the fuck out of it. Be excellent at it. And it'll get you paid. Why? You've got a skill that someone's willing to pay for. That skill allows you to solve more problems. Right, I'm be really honest with you. If I had never spent the 14 years I spent learning, uh, learning sales, um, having to, to, to teach game, being a dating coach, like because that was my end goal, I would never, and, and even being a promoter, I would never have put myself into the position that I'm in now to run a marketing agency. Like I want, I want to make that emphatically clear. The opportunity that has presented itself to me simply opened and presented itself to me simply because I had a talent in something that no one else had a fucking talent in. Right? So one of my mentors taught this is excellence. When you have an excellence in something that no one else is excellent at, it allows you to differentiate yourself. It allows you to stand out. It's what makes you a fucking individual. Find something. Don't be a jack of all trades and master of none. Find something and go deep on that one thing. There's a book that actually talks about it. It's called The One Thing. Go hard. Go ahem as fuck on that one thing. Go deep into it. Why? Because now you're going to have a mastery. This, uh, Robert Greene talks about this in the book, Mastery. Pen, spend your 10,000 hours. You know, this is five days a week, eight hours a day for 40 hours for the next five years to, to get a, a, a solid structure of the understanding of it. And the next five is what gives you the actual mastery. So for me, I'm now in marketing. I have an understanding of social psychology. I have an understanding of the psychological principles that influence people, right? But I'm still learning all the different things about marketing. Why? Because effectively the platforms are going to change, which is why I'm grateful to keep studying the psychological theory. You guys may not know this, but I'm getting ready to go pay one of my own mentors out of my own pocket. Why? Because I'm still a student, even though I've been doing this for as long as I have. 
I'm still a student of my craft. I'm still as, as obsessed about my craft as the day I started, as the day that, my, that, you know, back when I was chubby as shit, and I found this little black Bible, and it said the game on it with gold lettering, and, you know, had a beautiful, beautiful little, it looked, it looked like an actual fucking Bible, interestingly enough. And I, I was so desperate for the change, I stole the fucking book. I stole the book from Barnes and Nobles. I'll never forget it. I go inside of there, and, and, and as I walk in, I just knew, I'm like, I, I needed something to change my life because all the trouble I got into was specifically to solve this problem because I was bad with girls. So I go into the store and, you know, I was freshly out of jail at this point. I go to, to the Barnes and Nobles and I go to the self-help section and I see dating for dummies and, and relationship for dummies and uh, unleash the Mac within. Like, I, I wasn't interested in any of those books. And I see this little black book. It's got gold lettering on it. It says the game. I'm like, the game? What the fuck is this? Game? What is this? So I go take a look at it. I pick it up. And it's just like it kind of like called out to me. Interesting. Like, I, I wish there had been like a little halo effect around it. Because that, that's how, how, how much of a problem this solved for me. So pick up the book, start flipping through the pages. And it's like meat mystery, right? We're like, yeah, it's, it's meat mystery. Then it's like, you know, uh, select your target. And it, this shit seemed like strategic as shit. I'm like, and I knew at that moment, this book out of every other book that was out there was going to solve my problems. That one book, not, not any other book, that book, that specific book right there was gonna solve my problems. And it's an old adage, one of the things I say, you're one person away. You're one connection, you're one book, you're one resource away from your first million or billion dollars. Just one, just one. The next person you meet can be the person that changes your fucking life forever. The next. But what we do is we try to fucking isolate ourselves like we're, like we're all individualistic. I'm like, yeah, that's great, we are. But you can be self-made and still have help. A rising tide raises all fucking ships. Right? So. I see the book, flip through the pages, and everything about what I was reading, I resonated with. Everything I was reading resonated, I resonated with. I resonated with because it was a problem that I actually was having in my life, and I wanted to change it. I was pissed. I was like tired of what I was going through. And I'm like, I, 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 I voraciously read five chapters right then and there, and I'm like, and I'm entrenched in the book. And I'm like, I cannot leave and leave this book there because I knew that someone could buy it and I would never see it. I think it was the only book, actually it was, it was the only book on the shelf. And I literally was like, I looked around, had my back, I stole the book. I had no shame. <laughs> now I would never do that. But back in the day, like, you know, we didn't have like PDFs. Like the seduction community was exceptionally small. We didn't have the PDFs. You know, there was no seduction tour. You can go like download books and, and you know, LimeWire. Again, we, this was not that time at all. And because it wasn't that time, I didn't have access to the resource, like the resource that we do now. There was no audible. There was like none of this, right? Some of you guys probably listening, you're, you're probably thinking like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you don't even know what that's like because you're growing up in an age where we got so much access to information. It's all at our fingertips. So I steal the book, run home, lock myself in the room. She goes, Jay, my mom's like, hey, Jay, you want dinner? I'm like, nope, I'm good. She's probably thinking I'm in there like, beating off at 16. I'm like, no, no, I'm, like, I'm solving my problems. So I ain't never got to do that again. <laughs> all right? There's an old, uh, was a saying I remember hearing in American Pie, and it was like, stifflers don't fake sick, stifflers don't fake sick to stay home and pull dick, they cut class to get ass. And that's, <laughs> that was like my model for the longest time about the way that I felt about the success that I wanted in my life. So I've originally read the book, I finish it in one night, one straight sitting. I take the book with me. School no longer had an interest. Well, actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. I, I want to preface that. It actually did have an interest. The girls were, were interesting. Lucky enough, my school had a, it had a, a decently enough hot girls that I could just ditch my classes and just game all day. 
I started cutting my classes and just gaming. Now, I'm not gonna lie, it hurt me in the long run, but in that short term, honestly, it's what gave me my skill. Even at 16, I was better than most people that were around me in the community, because not many people really were doing shit. Like, this is early. This is like when the game came out, I think like 2005, 2006, right? Like, when it just was released. So, start gaming. Start gaming in the hallway. Because I'm too afraid to actually go do real approaches at the mall. It wasn't until about two years later that I did like my actual first like cold, cold approach, right? And that first cold approach was done at a Cinnabon, Montclair Plaza. It was my boy Prince that was with me. Funny enough, like, I, you know, I need to reach back out to him because I still got some fond memories of the days that we had back in the day. And we go out and we start, we, we start gaming. And he makes me do my first approach. I'm scared. I'm like, look at the shit bricks. I remember the opener. It was like something about the way. No, no, I think it was, yeah, I think it was like, uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a, a, an opinion opener about like the food. And I was stammering through all of it. And the girl's face was so awkward. Because she was like, Whoa, what, what are you doing? What is this? And it was just weird. And I remember being so like, intimidated at that moment. But like after that, there really was no downside anymore. Because I'd gotten, I, I had gotten my initial fear. Because at, the worst the thing that could have happened actually already had happened. So I go and do the next approach. Right? And I figured out after about like my third approach, why don't I just go ahead and approach the girls that work in the mall? Why don't I just go ahead and do that? It makes it way easier for me. They have to be nice to me, they have to be friendly, and they're probably gonna be like, it's called hired gun game. So, because of the, the, the fact of it's a hired gun game, I knew it was gonna be harder, but it was gonna like kind of build my chops. I always had this thing of like, if you wanna do something great, do the hardest thing first, because once you break through it, Everything else is easy as fuck afterwards. Why? Because you've been with the best and done the hardest thing first. Most people want to do the easiest thing and build up to the hardest thing. I, I always kind of reverse engineer like doing the hardest thing and then everything after that was really simple because it created contrast and created leverage behind you. So I, I start going to the mall and I'm like, you know, girl after girl after girl after girl. And I'm like, I spend the rest of the day gaming there. We go back the next day and I do the same thing again. I go back the next day, do the same thing again. Go back the next day, do the same thing again. This became a pattern where I started spending eight hours a day, seven days a week gaming. Every guy that I got around me, I was trying to like build my own wingman team. I, you guys have to remind you guys that the seduction community was exceptionally young. There was no wings. You know, you'd get onto a form and like you would think these dudes would be like the slickest dudes on the planet. And, and to come to find out when you meet up with them in the person, if you actually were lucky enough to meet up with them because they were to your location or locally to you, it was great. I'm 16. Like, there's nobody around. Like, I couldn't go to parties. I had to go to malls all day, every freaking day. And any mall I could get my hands on to go game at, that was where I was going to be. Eight hours a day, seven days a week. I did that for years. All of my homies know they can attest to this. You know, even when I became a promoter, I did the same thing. I still had the same habits years later. And even if I were to go back to trying to get even my own skills good, I would follow that same rhetoric of doing it because it's just how I've done everything. I, I go all in on whatever I'm going to do. I obsess about whatever I'm going to learn. And it's been one of the defining traits that's allowed me to s some amazing success. I mean, it's, 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 there's a saying by George Washington. It's like discipline is the soul of an army. It makes small numbers formidable. It procures success for the weak and esteem to all. Discipline. Discipline. Whatever you're going to do, you've got to have passion for it. You've got to be addicted to it. And you've got to have discipline. Discipline is going to be the thing that's going to see you through when you don't feel like doing shit. Because passion isn't enough. Like you have to, you have to be the person that stokes your own passion and stokes your own fucking fire. It's not going to come from outside because sometimes your homies are going to tell you you're fucking stupid. You shouldn't be doing this. I don't know why you're taking that risk. Why are you going there? 
And you've got to be willing to go ahead and push past those barriers. You ha- and, I don't, and I'm not trying to tell you that it is hard, but what I am telling you is you have to create an intern, you have to create an ecosystem of, of, of good vibes to bring your energy up to where you are willing to push past the setbacks and the things that can happen to you. And you have to almost have blinders on to anything that happens to you that contradicts the success. You have to almost be like retarded to it. And I promise you that that's how it has to be. The shit that's going to happen to you in your entrepreneurial journey you won't you'll never expect but also remember the upside of all the things that the good things that happen to you once you break past those barriers most people don't want to stick with shit long enough to get past the pain point of the pain barrier once you can get past that point and you can break down your own internal beliefs it becomes really easy so to go back to that point about like money money is easy money is free-flowing as fuck i'm always i it astonishes me how how broke most people are simply because of choice Simply because of choice. Like, they think the world is against them. And it's weird because I'm like, are we, like, clearly we don't see the world the same way. And that's the problem. Because I've been exactly in that person's shoes and I thought exactly the same way. The only thing that was different is I started to real, um, was I made a conscious choice that that shit's not going to fucking define me. It wasn't going to define who I am, put limits on me. So what I started to do was I'm like, I just started to actually believe that success was present because I already was successful. And that was the biggest shift for me was realizing that success is readily available. You just have to literally blindly believe that you've got it like that because that's going to keep you going. If you think, if you really believe that you're going to be successful no matter what happens to you or that you already are successful no matter what happens, that it's not the cars, it's not the clothes, it's not the cash. It's fucking mindset. You're golden. Nobody can stop you because nobody can. Look, people can take your car. They can repossess it. They can uh, do things to your business. They can take your money, right? Those things, those are life's variables, right? But nobody can take your mindset from you. That's the one thing that's within your control. How you feel, how you respond, and, and what you think about consistently. A man is what he thinks about all day long. James Allen. It's really simple. As a man thinks, so is he. Like, it's, it's been saying is at the end of the day, live in the end. Live as if the reality is already here. Like, Napoleon Hill, Stink and Grow Rich, Bob Proctor, even people like Grant Cardone. Like, he told, Grant Cardone told his mom at 16, he's like, I'm going to get rich. And he didn't know exactly how. He just knew he was going to get fucking rich. That was it. Now he's, now, now he's the world's best salesman and it makes aggressive amounts of money. Why? He just believed that it was going to happen and paid the price up front. Shit's simple, it's not complicated. Pay the price up front, do the thing that it takes to get there. Instead of playing average, go play with the three to five best people on the planet. Now you're gonna be aggressive and successful. You wanna be a billionaire? Go hang with someone above the billionaire. Then the, then the, the, the billion just becomes easy. It becomes really easy, why? Creates contrast. Everything that you want to, to, to break a barrier on, you need to surround yourself by that to where you get systematically desensitized to the stimulus. Guys are like, can't be around hot women. Hang around hot women. It'll, you'll be desensitized to them. You'll start learning their patterns, their habits, their language patterns, the way they do things, the way they communicate. Simple shit. You want to hang around? You want to make success become normal? Hang around successful people who only talk about it. It breaks the thought pattern. I got rid of all my broke friends for a reason. It was very simple. I wanted to break the thought patterns of like poverty. So I started hanging around rich people. I noticed rich people are very generous. Byproduct, I start doing the same things rich people are doing. Why? I'm like, I'm hanging around the ecosystem. I'm seeing it through mere exposure again and again and again and again. As my mentor, Michael Sartain, would say, he was like, I can read a book about throwing a football or I can throw a fucking football. 
like this shit is simple. This shit is binary. Most people want to go around and go get an education, but they don't have any actual muscle memory about how to do the actual thing they're trying to do. There's no way in hell I'd hire some kid fresh from college to do marketing. Why? Kid ain't ran a fucking campaign. He gonna sit there and say, yeah, I know how to do marketing. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, cool. Show me how to run that Facebook ad. Who are you targeting? Who's your audience? He's gonna be like, why? Because he read the book. That book and versus actually doing it when you're put on the spot are two different things. That same kid graduates, tries to go ahead and like work for an agency or even tries to start his own. Wait till he goes and talks to that client, he gets that first rejection. And he doesn't know how to pitch that client because he doesn't know how to think like the client. Sun Tzu has a great saying, know the enemy, know thyself, a thousand battles, a thousand victories. Know your target market, know your audience. Who are you speaking to? Reverse engineer what that looks like. What do they say? What do they think about? Where do they spend their time? What do they dress? How do they speak? What's their cadence? What's their rhythm? What's gonna build rapport and familiarity with them? Why? We, know who, we buy from who we know, like, and trust. Everyone does. Shit's real simple, real simple. We make success complicated because we want it to be complicated. We want it to be hard. Why? Because we have been taught and conditioned from our parents, money don't grow on trees. We've been taught work hard, save, invest the difference. And those, all of those things actually are wrong when it comes to money. Like really, when it comes to like aggressive amounts of money. Most of you guys can have a lot more money than what you realize right now because some of you guys got dormant and latent talents that you've spent years on. You just don't know how to fucking sell. You can't sell. You can't communicate. You can't communicate what makes you valuable to the next person. I can go out, you put me in a foreign city and I can get a job tomorrow and nail it. Because I do my, I do R&R, research and reconnaissance on who my target market is. Same way I would go game a girl, figure out exactly who she is and would do my due diligence. So that way I knew exactly how to pitch and how to change my game. Bait the hook to suit the fish. Whatever you want, man. Reverse engineer what that looks like. Reverse engineer the outside infrastructure you gotta have set up. Why? Systems work where people don't. You wanna see why franchises work so well? It's because it's an automated system that works, that, that a monkey could plug and play and do it. Network marketing, they've got systems. Systems, systems, systems. One of the homies, dude has about like, has a 20, $25 million Facebook ad agency. He told me, systems are everything. I want you to start thinking systems oriented. I cracked up because one of my other mentors, he told me when he was teaching me game, I want you to think about systems and infrastructure and ecosystem and building those type of systems that work irregardless of you. Why? Because it, one of the biggest things people don't, they don't get about systems, a system works when you don't. And what I mean is if you decide to take a day off, your system is still making you money. That's why when you set up passive income streams or residual income, you're taking advantage of compound interest. Uh, Albert Einstein said it's the most, the, the most amazing concept to have been discovered before the advent of sliced bread. Compound interest. It's the idea that a penny that doubles every single day you can take $1,000 up front, you can take a penny that doubles every single day for 30 days. Doesn't seem like much up front, but in the end, when you look at the end result of what that looks like, the end is way bigger than the beginning. There's a biblical scripture that says, despise not the days of small beginnings. Because it's like a seed. You look at a small seed and you don't see when it gets planted. It gets watered, it gets the sunlight, it gets, it gets watered and nurtured. What you don't see is eventually it becomes a huge tree. That tree provides shade for people to sit underneath it, to sleep underneath it. It also provides food. It also provides a home for the birds. So it literally is, it, it becomes a stream and it, and it becomes a home. It, it becomes multiple things to more than one person. Shows you the value of shit. Shows you the value. To get back to that point about success as a mindset. 
success is a mindset. It's all about how you think. I know that, and it's funny because I don't want to keep beating that point home, but it really is. You want to be successful? Stop, act, stop thinking about being successful and start acting like you already are. People will say, oh, that's faking it till you make it. No, 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 no. Faking it till you make it is that you're not putting in the work. If you fake it till you make it, but you're putting in the work, it's not faking it till you make it anymore. You're just living in the end. You're choosing to operate by faith. Biblical scripture says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, which means you're living in the end. You are doing the things and creating an ecosystem and infrastructure as if you are, you're living that way. People think money's going to make them happy. No, 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 no. Happiness is the thing that makes you happy. Money won't. Because money can always fluctuate and you'll literally become like a, 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 a wave that's tossed back to and fro based on how much money you have in your bank account. I've seen, I've seen rich people have extreme setbacks. And the difference between the poor person and the rich person, the rich person goes, okay, cool, this is a challenge and opportunity, how am I going to fix this? Then, they, then what they do is they don't consult their dumbass friends about the problem. They consult experts. Why? It's the authority principle. Find someone who has an expertise that you don't have. One of my mentors taught me, other people's time, other people's money, other people's resources. Why? Because anything that you want comes from somebody else. Who's got your money right now, as Grant Cardone would say? Who's got your fucking money? Once you figure that out, very simple. Then why? You know, who do, you know exactly who my target market is. Where do they hang out? What's going to be a value to them? How direct can I help them? How can I solve that problem? What things should I be talking about they're going to be interested in? How do I create commonality? How do I create rapport? Who are the five people that influence them? Why? You become the five people that you hang around with the most. Use social proof. Figure out who those people are that are around that influence them. Add value to those people. Why? Because it's called the, uh, not, not the, uh, not Ben Franklin principle. Well, actually you could use that. Once you get someone to do, to do a favor for you, they like you more. Because someone has to justify why, someone can't say they don't like you, they just did a favor for you. But yeah, I just did a favor for you because I'm a piece of shit. It doesn't work. It doesn't make no sense at all. But, because it would trigger cognitive dissonance. But, someone does a favor for you, they're always going to do things in the favor of the decision they made in the past. Which is why you ever see a girl with a bad boyfriend and she starts justifying why he's amazing and all his amazing qualities? You know why that is? Yeah. Commitment consistency bias. Anything you've done in the past, you're going to be committed and be consistent with thoughts and actions in favor of that thing. Always. Sigmund Ford figured this out with like justification, realization, crazy choice. If you want to go ahead and get someone to make a crazy choice, give them a justification. Stanley Milgram figured this out in 1985, New York City subway. Asked 80 female participants for their seat. Say, hey, do you mind if I have your seat? They all said no. Anyone being from Newark would fucking know that. He's able to reverse the results by simply adding a justification, a reason for why he needed that seat. Hey, do you mind if I have that seat because I have a bad leg? Hey, do you mind if I have that seat because I have a nose? Hey, do you mind if I have that seat because? Hey, do you mind if I have that seat because? Just by adding a because, increase statistical compliance. Why? Because people always need a reason for why they're going to do what they're going to do. Second part to that, realization. Give them a justification. They need to understand why they're doing what they're doing. Once they have a why, let them realize that the justification is true. Let them realize the reason is true. Then they're going to justify that crazy choice. Very simple. Very, very simple. So if you want to gain that same leverage for yourself, set up the same infrastructure that way. Give, give those people, people reasons for why they need to comply with you. The more reasons that you give them, the more statistically they're going to rationalize what they need to be doing in favor of your decision. Everyone's favorite topic is themselves. But 90% of the time I hear people talking, they talk about themselves. The other person doesn't care. <laughs> Everyone's self-interested. They're altruistic. And they respond to things that either are going to help their value or hurt their value. If you can figure out how to help someone's value and how to add value, you've got a reciprocal idea that they owe you a favor. 
reciprocity. I do for you, you feel guilty, so therefore you use something back. Why? Because we're taught in society that nothing comes for free, that everything that we do, we need to give it back. If someone invites you to a party, I need to be giving that back. If someone gives you a drink, I need to give that back. Why? Because if you don't do it, you're considered selfish and a freeloader and you get socially ostracized from the tribe. Everyone has the, the feeling of wanting to belong. And because of that, it's why it works so well. Because people, for lack of a better term, we don't want to be the only dumbass. It's social proof. When you come to an unknown environment where you're unsure what the correct social behavior is, you look around to others to dictate how you should behave. You ever go to a dinner, sit down, got a bunch of forks in your hands, you're like, oh my God, what do I do right here? So what you do is you look around other people, then you start figuring out, oh shit, this is the fork I use, why? Because all the 15 of the people at the table are using that same fork. So you pick up that same fork. You ever go to a dance floor? You're like, oh, I wanna go, whoa, whoa, nobody's dancing there. Whoa, 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 let me back up here. This is a bit much. But I bet you, if you saw two of the people go out and start dancing before you, now you feel comfortable because someone else is doing it. Because somebody else is doing it. How'd you learn to stop at a red light? Because you see everyone else stopping at the red light. Do the same thing in an accident. Man, I can't believe people are taking all this time to go look at the accident and all of a sudden, when you get by it, you look too. So you're actually adding to the traffic. That's the power of psychology when you're able to use it. And it's the, the same psychological principles that influence you are the same that ones that influence other people and it's the same ones that you sell by. You got six core principles of influence. Authority, liking, commitment consistency, social proof, scarcity, and I believe, is it liking, familiarity, liking, familiarity, authority, commitment, consistency, scarcity, oh, and social proof. And those are the things that influence people. I'm going to go ahead and do another episode on those things and maybe go like dive deep into that. But I think this was valuable for you guys. I hope you guys got something valuable out of it. I hope you guys can use this for you. What are the biggest takeaways you guys took from this? So let's go back over this. Success is a mindset. It's a mindset. You want to change that mindset, you need to go put yourself in an ecosystem to where you're able to change the way that you think. Why? So use mere exposure. More times you're exposed to a stimulus, the more familiar and the more of an attachment you develop with that stimulus. This is why you can become the sum of the five people you hang around with the most. That's mere exposure. Social proof. You come to an unknown environment where you're unsure about the correct social behaviors, you look around to others to dictate how you should behave. You go into an environment of a bunch of rich people, you want to violate those social norms, you're not going to do it. Why? Because you're afraid of losing the value, scarcity. They take it away, you're like, oh, oh, oh. why? Because the fear of loss is the one thing that we hate the most. We will buy from things just simply because of FOMO, fear of missing out. Leverage those things on yourself. Change the books you read. Change the ecosystem that you hang around. Go to different places that make you feel comfortable being wealthy because you're trying to systematically desensitize yourself to the things that make you nervous. You want to be around a pretty girl? Go hang around pretty girls. It'll desensitize you to the, to the, to the, the, the sting of, of talking to them. Or not even talking, just being around and being their friends. So I always tell guys, go make friends. It, it, it teaches you exactly how to behave. You want to, you want to learn how to be like rich people? Hang around them. No, you know, it's free to get around rich people. It's called internships. <laughs> It's really simple. You use fucking LinkedIn and connect with other entrepreneurs. Hey man, I just want to go ahead and reach out and I want to ask you an interview. How'd you get to the level of where you, I'd love to tell your story. You know, I did that for my podcast and that's how I was able to do business with people just by interviewing them and allowing them to tell their story. Why? Everyone's favorite topic is themselves. And if you're talking with me about, if you're talking with me about you, with you, you're going to like me, which is another episode we're going to go into, which is called imprinting or the soulmate trigger. Create leverage on yourself. 
put yourself in a position for success and put yourself in a position to succeed. Reverse engineer what it's going to look like for you to go ahead and be there and live in the end now. Be that guy that you want to be 10 years from now, now. Not later, not tomorrow, not the next day, now. One of the things my mentor taught me was suspension of disbelief and speed of implementation. Quickly, speedily, and promptly take action on the thing that you, that you want and take it quickly. You want that girl? Go approach. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Go fucking do it. Why? Even if you ain't got nothing to say, at least that way you were desensitizing yourself to the sting of the stimulus. You're getting comfortable and familiar with it. Why? Mere exposure. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Thank you guys for fucking subscribing. You guys know exactly what platforms to find me on. All of my platforms are J. McDaniel Kanto. I hope this was useful. Hope you guys got something out of this. Let me know what you think. Let me know if I'm full of shit. Let me know if you liked the content. I'll talk to you guys soon. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Live long and fucking prosper, guys.